Welcome to Hustlin' Faith. This podcast is dedicated to helping you find your trail to a happier, healthier you by discussing topics regarding Christianity, health and wellness, beauty, and so much more. I'm your host, Tasha Johnson. In today's episode, we're going to discuss when will you give yourself permission to pursue your dreams? So I don't believe in coincidences. I believe that things happen for a reason. And lately, I've been having so many conversations with people about pursuing your dreams. This is a topic that I'm constantly talking to my mom about. I'm actively working towards my goals every day. And I'm always in a situation where I'm helping other people to identify and helping them to achieve their goals as well. So I recently had another conversation with two incredibly smart women, you know who you are, (laughs) regarding the topic of pursuing your purpose in life and how to motivate employees to explore having a side hustle or side passion project, if you will. And it was a really good conversation. I think one of the comments that resonated the most with me was the idea that so many people don't pursue their dreams or think about having a side hustle or side passion project, if you will, because they don't think that their companies will support or allow them to pursue their endeavors. And this comment really shocked me, mainly because I would never in a million years wait (laughs) or even seek someone's permission, in this case, a company's permission, to pursue my dreams. Like that is just a foreign concept to me. And it was truly interesting to learn that there are people who find themselves in this dilemma. Again, I'm just not wired that way. (laughs) When it comes to achieving my dreams, I'm like Nike. I just do it. All right. I will always shoot my shot, even if I end up missing. Okay. I cannot stress enough how important it is for you to invest in yourself because quite frankly, no one else is going to do it for you. And so I asked myself, why in the world would anyone, whether it be intentional or unintentional, seek permission to pursue their dreams? And I came up with four reasons. So one of the reasons why I feel that people may feel the need to seek permission to pursue their dreams is fear. They don't have that internal drive to motivate them, or they don't have that external drive of having someone in their corner to push them. Be sure to check out the Hustle and Faith website for additional articles of interest and the conversation that I had with my mom about this topic as well. I'm tired of not having enough is a statement that you would hear from someone who has internal drive. When you get sick of not having enough, that internal fire inside of you is going to prompt you to want something more out of life. And when you want more, you won't feel compelled to seek permission because you're tired of waiting. I'm just going to go get it myself. Then you go out there and you start pursuing your dreams. Now, if you lack the internal drive, then you need to have an external drive, meaning a loved one to push you outside of your comfort zone. So some of the most ambitious people I know either came from a childhood where they didn't have money or they came from a childhood where they had someone to push them outside of their comfort zone. Again, you're either coming from a perspective of fight or flight mode 
or you have someone in your corner rooting for you like a cheerleader. (laughs) My drive would be considered external. And interesting enough, I feel like I'm a blend of both of those. And, And what I mean by that is I was blessed to have very loving parents. I had two very loving parents. Um, My mom and dad were the best. We weren't poor, (laughs) but we definitely weren't rich, all right? (laughs) But all of our needs were met. And so again, if you want to take it a step further, even though we weren't wealthy, we were blessed to have two loving parents who shared their knowledge with us. And you can't put a price tag on that. You cannot put a price tag on knowledge, guys. And my mom taught us about God and Jesus at a very early age, and she was always putting us in extracurricular activities that she felt would develop the talents she identified in us. And the reason why my mom did all of those things is due to the fact that she had an absolutely horrible childhood. She lived in the projects and swore to herself that her children would never, ever go through what she went through as a child. And she's an excellent example of having internal drive. Her inner strength did not allow her pain and suffering to be in vain. My mom didn't have any money. She didn't have loving parents. She didn't have a single soul in her life helping her, but she had that drive, that internal drive to have a good life. And she knew that you had to have a balance in life. Yes, she wanted to work hard to get the things that she desired in life. And so that's why she did it. My mom channeled all of that negativity into something positive because she didn't want us, my sister and I, to grow up the way she did. She literally single-handedly broke the generational curse of living a mediocre life, okay? My mom wanted us to be better than her, and we were able to stand on her shoulders. And I'm so grateful that my mom started developing me to have confidence in myself at an early age because it gave me the strength and preparation to endure the obstacles that I would later face as an adult. Even when you have a just enough lifestyle as I did, right? You still need someone to push you outside of your comfort zone. And my mom's parenting style (laughs) was very similar to that of an eagle, all right? She made sure that when it was time, she would give us that much needed push outside the nest so we could fly on our own. Now, if you lack the internal or external drive to pursue your dreams, then you're just going to become complacent. You start to believe that your circumstances dictate the level of success that you can achieve in life. And this is simply not true. This is why people who overcome adversity are oftentimes the happiest and most successful because they earn their success the right way. They didn't let life's detours cause them to give up. They just kept going. And I don't care how long it takes for me to achieve my dreams. I will die happy knowing that at least I tried rather than leave this world with a warehouse of unfulfilled dreams. Now, the pandemic has further heightened my aversion to complacency. My mom blessed me with the gift of discernment. This may sound harsh, (laughs) but it really doesn't take me long to know whether or not, I'm going to get along with someone. And my number one pet peeve is people who complain. My mom taught us at a very early age to be grateful. She would share stories about her childhood compared to ours. She taught us the value of money. And so I remember when I was in high school, it just fascinated me how many classmates were just giving cars for turning 16. 
I'm like, wow, okay, they're 16 and they just get a car. I'm like, I knew for a fact that wasn't happening for me. Okay. So (laughs) the main thing though that I noticed was that many of them didn't appreciate their car the way I did when I was finally able to buy my own car. So um, I saved all of my money and I bought my own car, paid for my own car insurance. And I was just thinking to myself how much more I appreciated my car because of what I went through to get it. Like I treated my little Mercury Cougar like it was a baby. (laughs) Why? Simply because I paid for it myself. Okay. And so Again, thinking of another story that made me think of this too is a couple weeks ago, I went to Burlington Coat Factory. And so for those of you that are not familiar with what is a Burlington Coat Factory, it's just like a TJ Maxx. So it's a retail store that's got a variety of clothes and um, clothes, exercise stuff, just a whole bunch of different things in one, in one place. So anyway, It was a Saturday afternoon, and when I went in line to pay for my stuff, I noticed that the line was crazy long. And all throughout the line, I could hear people complaining. They were upset and angry. And again, I hate when people complain, either to shut up and stay in line or just leave, like just pick one. You know what I mean? And it never ceases to amaze me that the people who complain about the long lines are often the folks who never worked a day in retail in their lives. And trust me, the folks who work in retail have no desire to be there either. Who wants to put up with Karen and Ken's all day long? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, not me. (laughs) So I worked in retail all throughout high school. I did a little bit of that again when I was laid off a couple years ago. Folks who work in retail and grocery stores will always have a special place in my heart. They will always have my patience. And I truly believe that if everyone was forced to work in retail, the lessons they learned in patience would teach them respect. Anyway, getting back to my story, (laughs) I was going to wait in that line no matter what, because I finally found the workout resistance bands that I've been searching all over the place for. The line was moving at a snail's pace. And as I finally made my way closer to the counter, I saw why. There were literally only two cashiers working in this entire store, and literally they were at the counter, okay? These two women were not only ringing up merchandise, but they were also handling returns, okay? So my heart went out to them even more. And the folks in line were complaining over the fact that these two cashiers, again, the only two cashiers in the entire store weren't ringing people up fast enough when they should have been thanking them for sticking around in the first place. Because I got to be honest, if it was me, I probably would have quit and just walked out right then and there because one can only take so much, right? When it was finally my turn, I made sure to thank the cashier and she was so grateful and then proceeded to tell me that everyone had called off from work that weekend everyone. And she had literally been working since 6 a.m. Now, mind you, it was like 1 p.m. when I was at the store. This woman had been unboxing inventory, straightening up the store before it even opened, okay? It opens at 10 o'clock. And now she has to deal with angry customers. Are you kidding me? I couldn't thank her enough, and I made sure to complete the little survey that they had at the bottom of the receipt because I wanted to make sure that she received credit 
that she deserved. But I couldn't help but leaving that store feeling angry. Because when I thought back to the folks who were in line with me, they definitely had like a corporate world vibe and they look like they work from home. And this is why whenever I hear people or read stories about people complaining about working from home, it takes every fiber of my being not to roll my eyes or go off on that person because I wish they could have switched roles with those cashiers, okay? They would realize that it's an absolute blessing to be able to work from home and not have to deal with miserable people like themselves who take their anger out on other people. And trust me, those essential workers, many in the corporate world claim to care so much about, using air quotes on that, would gladly switch paychecks and places with you in a heartbeat. But these are things you don't think about when things are constantly given to you. You lack empathy. You expect the world to revolve around you. And when you finally realize that it doesn't, you don't know what to do. And so you start to feel lost. And then that turns into complaining. Now, this is even going to sound more harsh, (laughs) but complacency is contagious. And the corporate world is filled with complacent people who wish to steal the joy they see in others who didn't succumb to complacency. When you allow yourself to become complacent, you don't establish boundaries in your life. And when you live a life without boundaries, you're further jeopardizing your ability to accomplish your dreams. We all have the same 24 hours in a day, but how and who we choose to invest our time will vary. Now, I have a very, very good work-life balance. And the main reason why is because I keep those worlds completely separate. My work life is completely separate from my home life, my personal life, if you will. I learned early on in my career, not everyone who smiles in your face is your friend, and to do my best to develop multiple income streams. Depending on where we meet (laughs) and how comfortable I feel with you will determine the level of how much I feel I can share with you, okay? When I go to work, I'm there to work. I view my nine to five as a job that funds my life, but it's definitely, and I cannot emphasize this enough, not my life. And I think so much of the friction that occurs in the workplace is because people project what they want onto other people and they get disappointed when that person doesn't act the way that they expected them to. Again, we don't have to be friends in order for me to get my job done. If a friendship naturally develops, that's cool. Just let it happen. You know what I'm saying? But I know, again, this may sound harsh, but I have enough friends. So in order to achieve your goals, you have to protect your time. And it's one of the reasons why I'm fiercely protective of my schedule. I will not waste my time participating in like unnecessary meetings, activities, or spend time with people who don't add value to my life or are going to cause me to feel uncomfortable or stressed. Listen, a happy hour is not going to change the fact that we have absolutely nothing in common, okay? (laughs) If anything, I'm just going to be irritated because I'm going to be thinking about all the time lost to working on one of my passion projects. And I know some people may be like, how do you know if you don't go? Listen, 
I've never done drugs, and I know that's not good for me either. <laughs> it's the exact same concept. Not everything in life has to be experienced. Some things can be avoided by learning from other people's mistakes. Plus, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know if you have things in common with someone. Again, having clear boundaries with my work and personal life allows me to create a schedule that enables me to work on my side hustles. I make the most of my time. I'm even productive during my lunchtime, okay? I either go for a walk to get in some exercise or I practice Spanish with my Spanish teacher online. And my mom is taking Spanish classes too now, so I practice with her sometimes. And then after work, you can find me consulting with other individuals, teaching them how to create their own website, podcast, or marketing campaigns. I'm doing a voiceover or thinking about topics or lessons for my English classes. Again, I make the most of my time. But guess what, guys? I am human. So when I've, <laughs> so when I've made the mistake of sharing some of my extracurricular activities with folks on the job, the complacent folks I've noticed are very quick to say things like, well, aren't you doing too much? Or some other comment <laughs> that they feel comes across as concern when I really know it's jealousy. My schedule reminds them that they aren't doing anything at all or they aren't doing enough of the right things to make them happy. But again, since I'm good at establishing boundaries, I know that getting enough rest is an important role in pursuing your dreams. Now, the rest that I'm talking about is mental and physical. You can't dream if you're constantly tired, right? So I'm a morning person. And so it's very important to me how I start my day. I prepare myself for the day by reading something in the Bible that aligns with the emotions that I happen to be feeling at that point in time. And then I go exercise. I either go for a run, a bike ride, work on the elliptical machine, or I do one of my favorite Afri fitness videos. And so I'm even more in a position to do these things because I work from home. I don't have to waste time commuting because everything I do is online. Anyway, everything I just described is even more important to do if you work in a toxic environment or with toxic people. Those suckers will drain your energy. And when I was working at dead-end jobs, I made sure to go for walks during lunch so I could just decompress. I didn't want to have any of that negativity in my soul. And I would meditate on God's word and listen to uplifting podcasts during my lunch. And that small break gave me the much-needed motivation to get me through the day. And so, by the way, I would never, ever tell anyone to quit their job. Those bills are not going to pay themselves. <laughs> when you make time to put God first by strengthening your mental and physical health, you're going to start seeing things change. This is when you're going to really start to identify or start tapping into all the other gifts that God's given you. We all have talents, but it's up to us how long they lie dormant. Now, I know how important rest is, and another one of my favorite ways is to teach dance fitness classes, and I can't wait to get back to teaching those again. You have to have an outlet that allows you to rest so you can dream. So if you find yourself feeling fearful or complacent, what are you doing to create boundaries to place yourself in a position to dream? It may be scary, but take the first step to address what it is that's holding you back from pursuing your goals. Believe me, the return on investment is worth the risk. So make time and use whatever resources you have at your disposal to bet on yourself. 
Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy listening to Hustle & Faith and would like to support the show, please consider sharing it with your friends, leaving a review, donating, or making a purchase at Starring You Crew, our fitness apparel shop. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Pinterest. And remember, if you're everything to everyone, you risk being no one. You never know who you will inspire. See you in the next episode.